Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. Sir, the possibility of successfully navigating an asteroid field is approximately 3,720 to 1. Never tell me the odds. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast. Welcome back to the Church Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Peyton Jones, and today we'll be looking at a book under the title Arrow Striker. And the author is here with me, Jonathan Hardy. He is the co-founders of Leaders.Church and Church University, two online platforms to help pastors master their ministry and leadership skills. Jonathan, welcome. Hey, Peyton. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be here today. Yeah. Hey, man. Thanks for coming on. And, you know, tell us a little bit more about yourself, like uh, how you came to faith and just give us a quick, you know, bite-sized chunk of that and uh, what you do now. I know you've got Leaders.Church and Church University, but uh, I understand you are a church planter and uh, yes. have some of that under your belt. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, well, uh, I'll try to keep it brief here for for all the listeners. Uh, short version is I grew up in the church. I grew up in a Christian family. My dad was a, um, a administrative pastor at a church in Des Moines, Iowa. So um, born and raised in the Midwest. And um, during that time, uh, obviously growing up in church, I just kind of came to faith very early on, lived for the Lord my whole life, pretty much went to Bible college um, and uh, felt the Lord leading me to go into uh, vocational ministry. And uh, so well, my first ministry position was at uh, a church in Springfield, Missouri, James River Church. Um, and um, that church uh, kind of I kind of moved up in the ranks there, overseeing a variety of the ministries uh, of the church, uh, all adult related. So discipleship, the small group ministry, uh, baptism. I mean, you go down the list of all this stuff, pretty much everything but the stuff for, for women. And uh, and then um, it was during that time, uh, one of my good friends was the worship pastor there, Scott Abremsky. And Scott felt led to start a church in Kansas City, Missouri, which is about two and a half hours north of where we live, just for context for those listening. And um, so uh, myself, uh, along with uh, a bunch of other people, all felt led 
to go help start this new church in Kansas City, uh, which was uh, ended up becoming Summit Park Church, and um, it's specifically in Lee Summit, Missouri. And uh, so we got to do that for, uh, I did that for about seven or eight years. And, um, you know, we started from the ground up. And as you know, in the church planting world, you know, we were just grinding and uh, we were very fortunate. Um, you know, I, I feel like we we got a really great leg up uh, starting because there was 42 people that moved from Springfield to Kansas City. Um, and, uh, and James River Church was the sending church, which allowed us um, to... Uh, well, they, they provided financially for Scott, the lead pastor, for myself, and for one of the other pastors that was at James River, who was a youth pastor, felt led to also come up. And uh, so that was kind of a huge jump start uh, there. We can go more into details on that. Uh, but then during that time, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the book Arrow Striker felt the Lord leading me to write this book for about 15 years and kind of hmm. had been been sitting on it for um, a little too long. At the time, I was 25 when the idea first came, and and I'm glad I didn't write it then because of life experience and uh, the book's full of stories of people. Uh, in fact, I have a church planting story in there that's pretty cool. But um, uh, you know, so I felt led to do that. We ended up my my wife and I ended up re- and our kids ended up re- relocating back to Springfield, Missouri. Um, and my dad and I have a partnership together. Um, it's a ministry slash business so to speak, uh, as you mentioned, leaders.church and then church university. And those are just two different online platforms where we're just, our, our heart and desires to invest in pastors um, and help them reach more people in their communities. And so kind of our angle of of helping uh, evangelize or church, see church growth or overcome the obstacles, all those types of things that people are trying to you know do as they reach their communities is uh, we just want to invest in the pastor. Uh, because I, we believe that if the pastor can be a better leader and effective in their ministry, whether it's a specific ministry they oversee or the whole church, uh, then that's just going to position the church um, to reach more people. So that's a that's a that's a synopsis there of of who I am. Uh, but just have a heart for ministry and and love the Lord and uh, excited to just partner with God however I can to make a difference for the kingdom. That's cool, man. Well, you know it, it's funny. I mean. We'll get into the book here, but I have repeatedly marveled at people that are able to mobilize a team of 42, you said? 42, yeah. To move to Kansas City, and I have yet to see where, if you can mobilize a group of people to go all in like that, to actually uproot and replant their lives uh, to join a church plant, you... (laughs) You have a solid team of missionaries. I've never seen that fail when you can mobilize a certain number of people to do that. That is, that's worth the price of admission right there. So yeah. uh, we have a lot to learn from you, man. Jonathan Hardy, you've been able to not only write the book Arrow Striker, but now I'm really paying attention because you convince a group of 42 people to uproot and move. So obviously you've got some leadership savvy here. So let's go ahead and get into the book. Arrow Strikers about living with purpose every day. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about why you wrote it? Absolutely. I think a lot of it had to do, well, first of all, I felt like the Lord told me, so I should preface it with that. But I do think that um, in my ministry experience, a lot of people that I interacted with at, at our churches uh, that I worked at, um, and just throughout life, I, I, I've seen people who love God. They desire to do um, great things for the Lord. They want to make a difference, 
Um, and yet there's a variety of things that maybe cause people to stop short of all that God wants to do in them and through them. Um, and so when I came across the story in the Old Testament, 2 Kings 13, where Jehoash and the prophet Elisha are interacting and Elisha tells him, hey, strike your arrows. And the arrows represented victory for Israel over Aram, which was the much more powerful nation at that time. And uh, and uh, Jehoash, the king, strikes three times, uh, as our listeners probably know from from the story. If you if you're familiar with this story, it's only six verses, so it's a it's a little quick story there in Second Kings thirteen. Uh, but uh, Jehoash stops short. He only strikes his arrows three times and stops. And and Elisha says, "Why didn't you do five or six? You could have completely wiped out Aaron, but now you're only going to get three victories." And and we see that at, at the end of chapter thirteen um, or verse twenty five. Uh, he ends up, they end up getting three victories. And the whole point of that story, really, I felt like tied into my desire as a pastor and as a solid believer looking to make a difference myself is I want to help other people not stop short of what God wants to do through them. And, um, you know, you see that in, 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 in people in churches everywhere, whether they're sitting on the sidelines or whether they just have more potential that maybe they're already actively involved to some degree in, in making a difference for the community uh, whether it's serving at the church, whether it's out in the community, in their neighborhoods, so on and so forth. But what I've come to realize as I've interacted with people is, I mean, opportunity is everywhere to make a difference. And so so this book is really geared toward just the Christian in general. We've had lots of pastors read it, um, but it's geared toward um, just the average um, the average person out there who wants to who wants to live their life to the fullest. And so obviously that is pastors, church planners and so forth, but it's also um, the everyday Christian. And, you know, I just, my heart behind it is just to help people see that even the simple everyday moments of life are opportunities for them to, uh, as I say in the book, figuratively strike their arrows to keep on making that difference Mm -hmm. for the kingdom and to not stop short uh, of what God wants to do. It's really good. I mean, you know, I'll often tell people the secret to church planning is mobilizing every believer and their gifts, burdens, and passions. If you can do that, you, you've kind of nailed uh, the secret yeah. to planning. But I think most people have a pretty limited view of what God wants to do through them, mm. um, particularly people that aren't in ministry. Why do you think that is? Um, there's a variety of things in 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 my perspective. From my perspective, I think one of them um, is just their overall belief about who they are. And I think sometimes our belief about who we are is actually different than God's belief about who we are. Um, you know, when when you think about what God did by sending Jesus to forgive us of our sins, wipe our slate clean, um, he forgives and forgets and he moves on from that. And yet I think we can sometimes uh, or many people can hold on to the past, whether it's the past sin, whether it's the past um, circumstances, could be trauma, could be past experiences, all those things cumulatively affect who we are today. And sometimes we can believe that because something happened in the past, that um, that's going to stop us from being able to do something in the future. So I think that is one piece, or or you could maybe even encapsulate that into the um, concept of just um, feeling insignificant, feeling not worthy. Um, and even for those of us who've been serving God our whole lives, you know, there's always moments that could the Lord might lead us to do something or say something or go somewhere or pray for something. And, you know, you just look at all the opportunities that all of us have. And 
So I think that's something that just as, as you ask that question, that's the thing that initially stands out to me. Uh, I'll, I'll throw in one other thought, and that is fear. Um, you know, the Bible, if you as you read through the Bible, the most often repeated command in Scripture is do not fear. Uh, and, and so fear is something that I think can cripple all of us if we allow it to. Um, and so, in fact, I talk about a, a variety of these things here that, that we just mentioned in the book to help people overcome those obstacles uh, so that they can step into all God has for mm. them. That's really good. That's really good. Why do you think that for a leader, it's important that we're not just deploying people on a five-year plan or, you know, our idea, hey, you know, like I always find it ironic that a leader goes in front of a group of maybe 100 people, 1,000 people and says, hey, everybody, I've got God's will for all of you. Um, it, it, it needs to be examined. Well, wow. I, I think a lot of people are re-examining that, to be honest. Yeah. But yeah. Why do you think it's important that church leaders deploy others in their passions, their own passions, not, not the church leaders, but the average everyday believer? Why is it important they get deployed by leaders in what they're passionate about? Well, the first reason it's important is because that's what the Bible says, Ephesians 4, you know, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So our job, obviously, as leaders isn't to um, necessarily dictate and do all the ministry, but it's to equip all people to do ministry. And as you know, I mean, we're all wired differently and we're all we all have different gifts. We have different talents. We have different resources, um, you know, and um, and and then the opportunities that come. And so all of that, I think, plays into the lane that God wants people to run into uh, or, or run in. And uh, my job is not to run in your lane. Your job is not to run in my lane. You know, we all have our own lane. And and even though we've been more on the vocational ministry side of things, uh, even for the, the, the person who's just, you know, the everyday Christian, we all have a unique lane to run in. And I think we have to be careful that we don't, um, force people to focus in on some things that maybe isn't in line with their gifts and passions or talents um, and and rather let people be led by the spirit of God to uh, operate uh, in in their sweet spot. And that's where the most impact is going to have and, or is going to be. And, and I think that's something that's so important is if we box people in um, to something other than where their maybe their sweet spot is, we're really shortchanging their capacity. And I think as leaders, as pastors, uh, our job is to equip people, to build them up, to to get them operating in that sweet spot so that they are functioning to their max potential and um, and being used by God however he wants to use them in their context with their gift set and so forth. You know, it's funny as a church planner, you know, I always kind of think that it's important that people understand it's all hands on deck in a church planning scenario. It's not business as usual or just, you know, kind of keep coasting and, hey, as long as you show up as the audience, we'll keep performing, right? It's really, I mean, from start to finish with church planning, it's it's everybody plays. Yeah. So church planning also, this is one of my favorite things about it, is it gives you a chance to define what's normal for new believers. Mm -hmm. So if you're planting and it's all mission to go and someone gets saved into that context, it's like the early church. It's like the book of Acts where, um, you know, uh, I'll often tell people Acts is a missionary book written by missionaries to missionary churches and, and their missionary members. 
it's missionary from start to finish, from head to toe. Do you think what you're talking about in an arrow striker might be easier for church planners to implement than existing churches based on what we said? Uh, absolutely, because uh, because of the reasons you mentioned, just that, you know, when you're as a church planner, you're laying the foundation the way you feel led to uh, pursue that. And obviously, we know with churches that are more established uh, programs, systems, all those things kind of get baked in and then it's much harder to shift and move and um, and, and, and change. Um, and if you're in a rut, so to speak, uh, to get out of that can be a little more difficult. Um, so that's obviously one of the benefits of church, the church planning movement in general. Um, uh, and specifically with the book, um, I will say specific to the book, it, it still can, um, it still applies to everyone. And, uh, and certainly even the established churches I've been out speaking and kind of on a book tour and, um, even the more established churches I've been in some that have had a quite a rich history, um, and, uh, and yet, you know, that people are still utilizing it in small group settings and discipleship classes and things like that. Um, because a part of it is designed to equip the individual, um, believer. And, uh, and it's, so it, it's helpful for all believers from that standpoint, um, yeah. to go out sense. and make a difference in their community, uh, regardless of, um, you know, where they've been in life. So. Yeah, no, you know, it's funny you say that because I actually think that about every well-written church planning book, that if churches would actually grab uh, those principles, it would make a big difference. Yes. I I, I kind of think if it's good for a church planner, if it's good for a church planning, it's good for everyone else. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it, church planning to me, if you can, like our audience is church planners. Yeah. If you can, if you can connect with them, you can connect with anyone else. It's yeah. just people tend to think of like church planning is not real church, which is kind of funny when you consider like <laughs> all the hardcore stuff that you would see in Acts. You kind of more need that, right? Yeah. Than yeah. Uh, than than anywhere else. But well, um, I think I think church planning. I I think church planning almost should be a prerequisite uh, to to be a ministry because when I was at um, you know I was at James River Church fresh out of seminary and Bible college. And I had been involved. I grew up in ministry. So I, I knew the deal. But if I would have known then what I knew once I was planting a mm -hmm. church on, yeah. you know, what you talked about, mobilizing people, getting them in their sweet spot, all that stuff, man, I would, I would have been even way more effective. Yeah, um, absolutely. Know? So I think there's a, I mean, I'm a big fan of it, obviously, because of my yeah. experience, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm there with you. You know, Paul probably wishes he knew on his third missionary journey what he did it <laughs> on his first, right? He wouldn't he wouldn't have to have written the the Galatians uh letter, but then gosh, think how poor we would be without that letter I, as a church. That really kind of nailed the colors in the mass. Thank God for that, man. But hey, is there anything else that the book, by the way, audience, just a reminder, we're on here with Jonathan Hardy. The book is Arrow Striker. Uh, Jonathan, before we let you go today, uh, is there anything else you would want to say just as a, you know, way to just strike those final arrows into the ground? See what I did there? Yeah, just I love that, man. Hey, that was that was smooth. That was beautiful, <laughs> wasn't it? That was beautiful. Well, I want to first speak to the church planters, uh, which I know is the, the main uh, group of people listening right now. Um, I want to encourage you to keep on keeping on. And I know the ground uh, sometimes can be hard. And uh, it's it can be a tough it can be a tough game um, and tough battle, 
but uh, God, God is with you. And if he has called you, then he is going to equip you and help you. And, uh, you know, obviously if you um, read the book and, you know, that, that'd be a huge honor. But even if you didn't, um, my, my heart and passion is for you to just keep on striking your arrows figuratively and not stop short. And even when you feel like you might want to give up <laughs> or you feel like, man, I just don't know if this is, uh, this is the right thing, or or did we hear God right uh, on this? On this, those are all the things that we can all face from time to time. Um, and my encouragement and hope for you, if that happens to be where you're at in life right now, is to not stop short of what God wants to do through you, because He has, if He has called you, then He will equip you, even if things are tough. Um, and you know, and that was the case with Jehoash. You know, here Elisha was on his deathbed. We know we find out in verse 20 of 2 Kings 13 he dies. Elisha dies. And so that was the that was how desperate this situation was because uh Israel needed Elisha, but he was on his deathbed. Um and uh and so, you know, that was a tough moment for Jehoash. Mm. And uh and so, you know, my heart for you is is to use that experience as a caution and realize that we don't want to stop short, even in those hard moments, because God is with you and will help you. And uh, and so that's obviously the heart and passion of, m- of my book. And uh, hopefully uh, it can encourage you out there today. Guys, I, I want to echo what Jonathan said. I, I actually think what he just said is so profound. And probably for some of you out there is very prophetic. What he just said is probably one of the keys, I think, to church planning. Do not quit. Do not give up. Mm. That that was our number one uh, downloaded podcast for years. Mm. When you know it's time to quit. Obviously, the church planning audience, when we started this podcast, they were thinking about quitting a lot. So um, just, you know, I love what you said right there about just keep going when it gets hard. God's still yeah. with you. Yeah. The the good stuff for those of you out there that that wonder, hey, where how do I get to be a Jonathan Hardy and write a book about you know how do I how do I learn things like how do I become a Paul in his third missionary journey? You go through all the crap and all the hardship and all the tough stuff that Paul went on missionary journey one and two. That's how. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I just I loved what you said there, guys. You're gonna love what he said in Arrow Striker. I want to encourage you to um, get this book. Head on over as well to connect with Jonathan over at leaders.church. And uh, Jonathan, thanks for coming on today. Hey, thanks, Peyton. I really appreciate the time and uh, loved it so much. You got it. Well, hey, this has been Peyton Jones on behalf of the Church Planner Podcast, reminding you if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing.